Welcome to Alive and Kicking, the 90s football podcast. The podcast that's more 90s than having Tim Allen as the handyman next door. My name's Ash Rose, your host and your guide on this, the original 1990s football podcast. Hope everyone is well. Looking forward to the new season this weekend. And that lets me introduce a kind of a mini break in our regular programming. Normally, I'm about to introduce Ed Chambers, landlord of the football tavern but because of it's summer he's actually on holiday at the moment sunning himself somewhere i'll be on holiday soon as well we thought we'd take a mini break and it gives me the opportunity to release something that i've been working on over the past sort of 12 months that i wanted to bring to you that's the essence of this podcast that's the essence of the book that launched this podcast and i'm talking about the sky sports alive and kicking advert is the 30th season of the Premier League. 30 years ago, Sky Sports launched the Premier League, all singing, all dancing with that famous, famous advert. If you've never seen it, you clearly haven't listened to this podcast before, but Google it or it's on our Twitter feed, you'll find it. The Alive and Kicking advert, where they're in the gym, they're all working out, it's playing to simple minds. There's a member from every single Premier League team involved. And it all culminates in that famous picture that I put on my personal Twitter feed um, earlier this week. And I got a great response. So it's great to know that everybody's still in love with that picture as much as I am. Because I, when I when I wrote the book, Alive and Kicking, that picture was I had in mind the whole time. I wanted that picture and I got it. And it still gives me goosebumps just looking at it. And the idea I had for this project was to speak to every single member of that team, the Sky Sports team, that squad. So it was a member from every team of the inaugural Premier League. Speak to them about that advert, about that first season in the Premier League, a bit about their legacy in the Premier League after that as well. That was the idea. Now, let me admit off the bat, we didn't quite manage to get 22. Whether it be just because of timings, it never worked out, or some people, plain as day, just didn't want to get involved um, in, in speaking about the advert, which is up to them it's it's their prerogative but we got a good majority of the players involved and part of me thought that because we didn't have them all would it seem silly to not do a little mini series on it um because we we haven't got the full house but at the same time i thought well, we've got a selection of interviews with some premier league players from the first season of the premier league all part of that advert all ties into the essence of the, what this podcast is. So you, I am going to bring those to you. So over the next few weeks, kind of an August medley while we uh, have our holidays and we regroup uh, and get some more uh, episodes in the can with Ed and some other guests and stuff. It, you'll get me interviewing these guys, the, the likes of, you'll know the faces, you know their names, you know the faces, the guys like John Solarco, David Hurst, Lee Sharp, Ian Briarwell, Ian Butterworth, Andy Sinton, John Walker, so forth. We spoke to all these guys, so I'm going to bring you all these episodes in August as a kind of celebration of the 30 years of the Premier League, of that advert, alive and kicking, all rolled into one. So we're going to launch that over the next few weeks. Um, I'll, the first episode will drop later this week. Um, I haven't decided who that is yet. Maybe I'll put it on the Twitter feed and you can choose who you'd like to hear from first from our collection of people that we have spoken to for this project that I'm calling Still Alive and Kicking. See what I did there. So that is coming this week. But to kick this mini series off, we've got a mini interview for you as well. And somebody who it's only right that kicks off a series because not only is this the first episode in which we're calling Still Alive and Kicking, we have got a quick chat with the person who scored the first ever Premier League goal. 
Now, long, long time listeners will know we spoke to Brian Dean, because that's the man I'm speaking about, way back in the first episode. But that was time ago. That was like seven years ago. So let's speak to him again. Let's catch up with Brian Dean. And we're also doing this in conjunction with uh, a new show that is dropping on BT Sport this week. Uh, It's called Glory Hunters. It's called Glory Hunters. It drops on Thursday, the 4th of August at 8pm on BT Sport 2. And then you can catch it on uh, BT Sport app or or btsport.com. The idea behind the programme is about sports memorabilia, something obviously very close to my heart. It's a documentary produced by BT Sport and it takes viewers on a rare journey into the world of football and football memorabilia. And it's kind of the iconic moments recalled by shirts, boots and other unusual items as well. Spotlighting basically the collectors who buy them and ahead of the 30 year anniversary. There's a lot of people thinking about these nostalgic items and how much they are worth. So Brian Dean is involved in that. He tells us about the the show and how he got involved and a little bit about his iconic shirts and yes we talk about that moment again we relive that first goal against Manchester United on the opening day of the Premier League in 1992 so this is a little mini interview a little mini episode to kick off what we are calling still alive and kicking I hope you enjoy these episodes over the next few weeks as I say we'll drop the first one of the kind of advert and launch of the Premier League celebration uh, in a couple of days after this has dropped as well, um, I'll let maybe oh, yeah, as I say, I may put that on the Twitter feed. Um, see if we've got a response. There's there's so many to choose from, so it'd be hard to narrow down to four at least. But one episode when we decide whatever way we do it, we, you it will drop, so you can listen to it, and then we'll get going across August. And then me and Ed will be back next month as well. We've got some great episodes, as I say, working our way through uh, who we would like to speak to and what subjects we're going to go on. No, we've done a lot. I know we've done over 150 episodes, but we will find corners of that 90s world that we still haven't spoke about. So don't you worry, we're not going anywhere. So enjoy this. This is me speaking to Brian Dean, ahead of Glory Hunters on BT Sport. Before we get stuck into the brand new episode of Alive and Kicking, I'm delighted to announce a partnership with the amazing Footy Devotion. Footy Devotion have a brilliant range of t-shirts, coasters, prints and mugs, all illustrated by the amazing team at Footy Devotion and inspired by the 1990s as well, with a special range dedicated to Italian 90. And because you listen to Alive and Kicking, the original 1990s football podcast, you can get 10% off your order. Simply use the code AK90s at the checkout and you'll get 10% off. That's AK90s, so AK90S and 10% off your order. Jobs are good at. Check out Footy Devotion on Twitter at Footy Devotion and the whole range. I've got a few myself. I've got the brilliant 3pm sweatshirt. I'm looking at a brilliant QPR print kit I've got on my wall. And there's loads and loads to choose from, from World Cups to clubs and many, many more. So check out Footy Devotion. And as always, Keep it 90s. Brian, um, thank you for talking to us anyway. Um, obviously, it's a big weekend coming up. It's a big week. Yeah. Well, before we get to talk about your Premier League legacy, um, let's talk about the, the Glory Hunter show with, with BT Sport. Um, tell us yeah. about what the show's about, how you're involved, and kind of your kind of link to, to this interesting show, because I'm really looking forward to, to seeing it. Yeah, well, it's it's focused around you know memorabilia and 
I mean, if you if you think about um, how it's gone, you know, in terms of you look at somebody like Steve Hodge and the shirt that he, uh, you know, I mean, I know Hodge and I, it's really funny because when I was at Leeds with him, we used to talk about that shirt, you know, and he'd be like, you know, I've got that from my grandparents. And then uh, doing some bits and bobs with the National Museum and, and they had it and it was like, and they said, oh, they've got a reserve of X on it. And I was like, wow. You know what I mean? And then, you can afford and then, to buy you a pipe now, can't they? <laughs> just, a, just a bit, yeah. But um, but yeah, it's it, it's focused around that, and I and I think I find it very interesting because when you think about, you know, I, I'm a bit of a hoarder, but I've never really I've taken a lot of things for granted when you when you talk about what I've done. You know, I've sometimes you can give things to people, and then. I've got like a son and it's like, he's four years of age and I'm like, well, what what memories are my son going to have of me playing football? Absolutely none. Uh, and then you realise the kind of longevity of of, of the whole business and, and why people are interested, you know. And it, it's like whether you collect art, watches, you know, sporting memorabilia, it has special significance for some people in that it takes them back to that era and that era might have been the happiest time of their life for example so it, it's it's very interesting and um you know the guys when when i went and did the interviews about the shirts and that it's it's amazing it's like that it, it's like a real kind of treasure trove in terms of what they're looking for and, and actually the story behind the um you know whatever it is is always fascinating and that's that's the thing you see i, th I think that you know, having that kind of real story gives it real provenance, you know? If you could go back throughout your career then and, and have and take one shirt and, and keep it now, what shirt do you go back to? What gives you kind of that feeling you talked about? If you think of a, a shirt from your playing career, what, what would it be? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, the, the, there's a great story about the shirt that I get, you know, the first Premier League shirt. Um, and I've, I've, I'm back in touch with the shirt. I suppose, you know, if I look back, that would be one that would obvious, I'd obviously want in my collection. But because of the way how it's panned out, I'm, I'm really happy that it was, um, you know, it was actually sort of like it's gone through what it's gone through and somebody's had, uh, you know, it, it's helped somebody in some way. Um, but I, I, you know what? I was never a massive shirt collector. I was never really somebody who collected stuff. I always, I was one of those players who didn't like to go up and ask another player for a shirt. I just felt that it was, I, I didn't want to be like a fan. You know, we were on a level, I think. Yes. The only, the only shirt where, you know, if I look back at games and I think about what shirt, you know, I, I made my, I played in the game where Figo uh, made his debut for Real Madrid. Mm. And, you know, it was uh, friendly when I was at Middlesbrough and all the lads went and swapped shirts and, and I was like, I don't want to swap my shirt with anybody because I don't want to be going and rushing to people and so on. And um, I mean, in some ways, I wish I had done just because I'd say, yeah, I had it. I think the only the, the shirt that I had that I've swapped, I swapped, I've got Lilian Taram's shirt. Nice. And we played them um, when he was at Monaco. And it's a, it's a fascinating um, game, you know, where, you know, we, we we won three two on the leg, lost two nil at home, and he man man marked me, and he, and he and it was one of those games where 
he totally dominated me, and I'm not ashamed of that because um, he went on to become a really fantastic player. But um, it, it was, you know, it was one of the few games where I felt that a centre half absolutely had me in his pocket, you know. Um, so yeah, it, it's like I say, I, I love. I love what I've got. I've got a small collection of shirts, you know, and every time I look at one of them, you know, it takes me back, whether it's a Benfica shirt or, you know, you know, my lead shirts. They all tell a story, which is, you know, in in many ways, it's personal to me. And I'm happy that, you know, whatever anybody says, oh, this is this shirt, I, you know, the, the copyright is with me, really, because I am the one who can give you the actual taste of that environment at the time yeah very true at uh, the shirt you're alluding to first of all there is obviously the, the first goal of the premier league yeah. Shirt. yeah i mean it's 30 years now brian like 30 years since the start of the premier league i mm. mean how i mean you probably asked this, asked this question so many times about that first goal and i think you said before you, you didn't know the time but how proud are you to have that kind of you, you'll forever be known for, for, and linked with that what does that mean to you that kind of milestone uh, well, <clears throat> I kind of look at it as a bit of a gift and a curse in that you're right, you know, at that time there was some unbelievable forwards. You know, I, I, I was talking about it yesterday and you look at Alan Shearer, Ian Wright, Andy Cole, Teddy Sheringham, Les Ferdinand, um, you know, Alan Smith, all of these, these guys, you know, these were proper, proper centre forwards in a day when your centre forward was supposed to be the one yeah. who scored the goals. And, um, yeah, to walk away myself, I, I kind of, I'd always, I'd been, since I was at Sheffield United, I was, I'd always scored on the first day of the season. So, mm-hmm. I, in the back of my mind, it was there. But I never really took on and thought that it would have the kind of significance that, it's ha- that it has had. Um, but, yeah, I, I suppose if you ask any of the other players, um, who any of the, the centre-forwards or anybody at the time, they would have loved to have had the record as well. Um, but, you know, when, when I say it's a curse, it's it's a curse because I'm the custodian and I always have to be a certain way. You know, it's it's a real kind of, um, you know, you have to kind of make sure that, you know, you don't spoil the image of this whole um, happening. Mm, totally. And, and I mean, that's every United team as well. I, I remember it fondly of, of that. Premier League era in the first season. How, how, what, what are your memories of that first season? Did you, did you, as players, know that this change was going to happen? Like you remember the, the big Sky advert and things like that, the dancing cheerleaders and all that. Did you, did you know it, or did you just think it was a fad at the time and things would just go back to the way they were? Did you realise what sort of impact the Premier League was going to have? Yeah, I mean, I, I get asked this all the time, and and of course, as a player, you kind of you you know that things are changing because all of a sudden budgets change. You know, all of a sudden, like you say, you've got all the cheerleaders, you know, there's advertisements on television, you know, the, the actual Sky advert, they took one player from each yeah. club. Carl Bradshaw was it? Carl yeah. Bradshaw was our representative. Um, Gary Speed from Leeds, David Erst from, from Sheffield Wednesday and so on. And you knew, you know, we... we 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 had just match of the day in those days. A match of the day was like an hour, and you didn't really get any exposure as a player. So all of a sudden, you were going to have a full ninety minute game, and you had an opportunity to really become a household figure. And, and many of us did end up becoming household figures 
um, because of the fact that Sky uh, and the Premier League became such a, a very powerful uh, medium in, 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 in the game in this country. Yeah, no, and, and, and that's Sheffield United team I mentioned. How, how much do you enjoy? Yeah, because I think they were a very good team. They always had that tag to them that they always got going after Christmas, but you beat Man United on that opening day as well. I mean, how much, much do you look back on that sort of first stint at Sheffield United and that Premier League team? Yeah, well, we had um, we had spirit, and and um, we we had a lot more spirit than a lot of other teams in that league at that time. You know, we relied on each other. There was nobody who felt that they were, um, you know, superstar or who who was better than anybody else. We knew we all had, um, you know, responsibilities, and you have to put a lot of that down to the manager and the way how he cultivated the whole squad. Um, you know, there were games where we were obviously second best in terms of ability, but we would beat teams. You know, if you look at the last game of the season, in that season, we beat um, we beat Chelsea 5-1 at home. We beat Tottenham 6-0 at home. And teams didn't like playing against us. And, and that's one of the things that really nowadays, I, I find that a lot of the teams have got no character. Yeah. Or they, they all try and play the same way as a Man City or they drop deep and say, right, beat us. You know, if you've got players who have got good attributes and you can play on the counter and set up, you know, become a good strategist as a coach or, you know, and and be flexible. Um, but you find that, you know, they, they kind of, what teams do now is they kind of look at themselves in mini leagues and they say, right, we've got to win yeah. these games. We accept. We didn't accept that Manchester United were going to beat us on that day. And, um, you know, we knew that playing them the first game of the season could possibly be an advantage. And we worked on our set pieces and we were like, okay, well, if we get an early if we get an early set piece, a, a, a corner or a throw in, this these are the areas where we're gonna set up. This is what we're looking to do. And um, you know, it worked for us, you know, because if you're playing against Manchester United with the team that they had and you let the game get stretched, you're going to be in trouble. So we had to try and capitalise wherever we could, make it difficult for their defenders, you know, in behind the fullbacks and so on. And I don't see anything that's wrong with that, but we have this perception in this country uh, and it's all about opinions, but powerful opinions will tell you that the game has to be played a certain way. And, um, you know, that dictates how we think. You know, and people should be more free thinking. Final question, then, because I know we're, we're pressed for time. And going back to the shirt, you you played for England against in Spain, I believe, when the, the yeah. England shirt. Do you still own that? And, and what did you think of it? Because that's one of my favourite England kits. Are you a fan of the, the big lions across the kit? <laughs> I have got that shirt. Yes, yeah. uh, it's a great shirt. Honestly, um, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's down to choice. I mean, it. I, to be honest, I never really looked at it that way. I just saw a blue shirt. And then it's only when you come away and you see pictures that you see the, the whole design effect. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm up for anything. I love the blue shirt. Um, and, um, yeah, it was, it was you know, it was a privilege, obviously, to play um, for, for my country and, and, and perform in the shirt. So, you know, that that's a memory that will, will always stay with me. The shirt, it, it's in there. Uh, I get reminded of it. I've also, like, it's like the shirt I made my debut in for England. I've got it in a frame. I've given it to my mum and dad. Um, so I, I try to keep the memorabilia um, for my for my son now. 
Yeah. You know, because one day it'll be his and, he, you know, it'll be his interest. Hopefully when he grows up, he's going to be want to be interested in football um, and he'll have some special, um, you know, unique pieces really. Um, and well, I'd like to hope. Collars, isn't he? That's what you need to see. The old lace collar. You don't see them anymore. <laughs> <do you? laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm sure that somebody will, will come back with that. You yeah. know, it's back <laughs> comes round. So, yeah. yeah, Brian, thank you so much for your time. We look yeah. forward to the show. Always good to speak to you. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's a pleasure, Ash. Hello.